0: I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket, See Humanity in a New Light. Today, we're going to be talking about The Procession to Cavalry, uh, which was developed by Joe Richardson and Nephilim Game Studios, uh, and was published uh, self-published by Joe Richardson originally, mm-hmm. and then was picked up and published by Superhot Presents and the super hot team. Uh, well, yeah, it was released in 2020 on uh, <laughs> PS4, Android, iOS, Windows, Linux, Switch, Mac OS, and Xbox One. It is a
1: struggle not to say Macos now. Mm-hmm. It's just how I say it. Yeah, uh, but first, you give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated.
0: All right. The Procession of Cavalry is a mobile game point-and-click game that was also released on consoles, but it has, like... Its predecessor, I believe, was a phone game as well. Yeah, it's called Four Last Things. Yes. Um, and like it, it has a... Uh, uh, it's it's distinctive thing, the reason people know about this game. And by people, I mean us, because I don't know how many people actually do know about this game. Uh-huh. Uh, is it's sort of distinctive
1: art style.
0: I say sort of, because people (laughs) have been doing
1: this art style for hundreds of years. Yeah, it's um, very much like cut-up Renaissance paintings, Uh, very much kind of like the Terry Gilliam Monty Python animations.
0: And it's going to be kind of a shame to do the thumbnail for this one, Mm. because we're going to have to make it black and white. Right. And
1: they are just vibrant and good. Yeah, yeah, those very saturated, romantic colors. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, so I, this was another one of those games, um, kind of like Detention. I think we talked about this a little bit, where I was like, I just played this on Steam, because like you told me about it, it just looks like a point and click. So, and I just kind of, and it looks like very indie. They just assumed it was only on Steam and then was like, what the fuck? This is on everything. (laughs) Like, it just doesn't seem like the kind of game that would be on Switch. Yeah. Or, you know, Mac OS. Or, you know, it just doesn't seem like something that would have a wide release. Yeah. And I, I feel that way kind of about, like, all point
0: and click adventure games. I feel like we're at a point where there is. It is one, generally speaking, this isn't, not actually, but, like, it is easier to port between different consoles now, and there's just a much wider market for it. Like, there are a lot of people, like me, who will buy a game on the Switch before buying it on other consoles because of the convenience that the Switch allots mm-hmm. to me. Um, and the fact that this was available on there was, like, a very easy purchase for me. I was just like, yeah, I'll do that. Right. But if you're gonna play a point and click adventure game, like realistically you should be able to point and click with a mouse.
1: Yeah. No, I feel like it probably translates fine to a console. It just mm. it's just weird. I just did not even think about it for one second. Yeah.
0: Uh but like that's that's really the thing about this game is that the point and click part of it, the part of it that is a like an adventure game that falls into a genre,
1: is probably the least noteworthy part of it. Yeah, it's very standard. Mm -hmm. Like, so much so that it almost kind of feels like it could have been made in uh, (laughs) 1990-whatever, minus, like, you know, like, how good it looks, like, that it's in HD. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like, it it just feels ripped straight out of the mid-90s. Yeah. Mechanically.
0: Yeah, and it is, like... And we probably won't spend a lot of time talking about it, because... Like, really, like, the there aren't particularly noteworthy puzzles. Like, I guess I kind of liked making a skunk fart all over the room <laughs> so that they opened a window and you could take a key. Like, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but that's what it is. It's the set dressing, right? Like, everything you do in this game, mechanically, is, like, go place, get thing, go back place, mm-hmm. complete objective. Uh, and so a lot of the... The reason we're talking about this and the reason why I do like this game is because it is, one, um, bizarre, strange, and fun to look at, and is really well written. I think it is extremely
1: funny. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's very surreal. Um, At the end of the last episode, I kind of described this as kind of like a Dadaist game. mm -hmm. Um, And it's a little bit less that than I thought based on the trailer, but it still is very much so. Um, Like taking things that we're all super familiar with. And then kind of remixing them and just repackaging them back to you as something really uncanny. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it has that going on. Like it's a very surreal uh, mashup of like what's being depicted in these paintings. Yeah,
0: it's <laughs> it, it's a good like it's a weird mix between like this humor that is based solely around um the sort of absurdity that the paintings sort of just naturally have mm-hmm. based on the fact that we're looking at something that is hundreds of years old uh, it's difficult to wrap your mind around but then also just genuinely pretty good character work like they take things that you assume about like jesus mm-hmm. and then spin it in a way that like makes him like, makes the what he's saying land because of your familiarity. Yeah. But, like, your character has no personality that you would know from the painting that she's from. Yeah. But the game begins by just being, like, this character just loves to murder people and is now being told that she cannot murder anyone. So she goes on a quest to murder one last person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, that's, like, your motivation going forward. So you end up with this, like... It's not, like, extremely deep character work, but they do a good job in the way that, like, a sketch show does. Like, these characters have quirks.
1: Yeah. Um it, it gets into that, like, religious satire. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, there's been, like, a holy war or a crusade or something that's ended. Um, so, yeah, there's, like, a lot of religious violence type stuff. Um, once again, that would be, like, depicted in a Renaissance painting. Uh, right sort of thing going on all over the place
0: yeah there really is only one time period you could set this game in yeah (laughs) you can't have like renaissance paintings of people running around
1: it's actually like a pretty wide span of time this is something that i thought was a kind of weird in it where it's like if it's being set in like a like a crusades era like middle ages type time frame, then how, why is Jesus here? That would have right. happened like hundreds of years ago. It adds to that surreal element of it where it just like stuff from all these paintings all mushed together into its like own world. <laughs> it's a really bad comparison, but it almost kind of <laughs> has like this chalk zone uh, style thing going on where it's just like there's this world that all this Renaissance art Exists in together, right? And it's like a weird melting pot of all of it at once. And also, sort of like Chak-Zinn,
0: I'm going to reinforce
1: this <laughs> this comparison for some reason. You know, Renaissance art, chak go hand in hand. Potato, potato. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but also, sort of like Chak-Zinn, the 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 drawings in that, and also the way that the Renaissance paintings are used. The, they are taken from the original work and then implemented here in a way that makes them take on an extremely literal interpretation of what's happening. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, backgrounds and stuff can't really be made to somehow be something else because like you've drawn a picture of a town. It's going to be a town. You're not going to somehow turn that into a diner. Mm-hmm. And, but, like, the people, you pull the people out and put them in places, and suddenly they're just, like, they're doing whatever you say they're doing as long as it looks like it. It's like the kangaroo court of of art. Yeah. Where you're just, like, it looks like this person's selling
1: T-shirts. So, so I'll have them selling T-shirts. They're selling
0: t-shirts. <laughs> t-shirts now, and it's just accepted. It's a thing that you have to deal with.
1: Yeah, it's, like, outside of the town, um, there's... I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a character... Um, from like the creation of Adam mm-hmm. um, by Michelangelo, um, And he's like, he's got a book and like, so he's like the bookkeeper outside of the town. And yeah, he's like, there's a couple of um, things that I recognized, but not a ton, mm-hmm. um, but I was able to like pick out certain uh, references. Um, and it's really cool. There's an art gallery in the game. Um, so for people who may not know that all the backgrounds are actual paintings, uh, you get to like see most of them, if not all of them, uh, hanging up on the wall and like get the context, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, especially since it gives like the basically how they would have interpreted the literal like the way that the the game takes a literal interpretation of what's going on. The titles of the paintings in the gallery are, That version of it, they say like, "Oh, it's three naughty boys hanging around," Uh and then like you go in, you actually like bring up the painting, and it has the actual title, and it's like the Crucifixion on whatever (laughs) hill or something, and he's like, "Oh, okay," like (laughs) it's like a direct, it's like a weird game to English dictionary for how the work was used versus what its original context yeah. was.
1: It, it, it's also kind of like, some paintings are just named like that. <laughs> like very literally, because mm. um, there were a lot of artists that would crank out a bunch of studies. <laughs> um, so they would just be named really literally. Um, like the girl with the pearl earring. They even make a joke about that, how she doesn't have the earring and she, like she feels like she's nothing <laughs> yeah, without she's it. Yeah, pur- she's like purposeless. It's, or, yeah, it's like yeah. it's her whole... Yeah, her whole personality is that she has a pearl earring. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and I love that. I, I think that they did. Uh, he did potential- I think this may the actual development. I think was done by just Joe Richardson. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did a, he did a very good job of of sort of like repurposing these in a way that that was consistently good and funny and. You know, Equal Parts makes commentary on this stuff and also just, like, is silly. Like, I think back to the fucking, the gatekeeper guy with the scroll. Yeah, the big key. And he's like, look at his big key! Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's just a guy pointing. <laughs> you can't do much yeah, with yeah. that.
1: That's the character from The Creation mm-hmm. of Adam, yeah. Uh, yeah, look at that big key, yeah. <laughs> um, I also, I liked that there's diegetic music. <laughs> It, throughout the whole game, like every screen has a little like band mm-hmm. uh, or a little like quartet or like group of people playing the music uh, in each scene. And <laughs> there's one on the Crucifixion Hill. I was uh, thinking that this has, one uh, also. That has he's playing the flute and he like kind of follows you around and he's got a bucket on his foot. Mm-hmm. And man, was I like certain that bucket was going to be like a inventory item. Like yeah. I thought I was going to have to do something to get that bucket off of his foot. And you never do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a
0: lot of stuff that sort of like didn't
1: play out the way I expected it to. I yeah, guess. like I got um, the severed head. Yeah. Like that was like the first thing I did <laughs> when I got into like that area. That's because of
0: left hand rule. Yeah,
1: and I did not end up using it to, like towards the end. Mm-hmm. It, it was really weird because uh, it was like the only instance of that. So I don't know if I just got that earlier. Than was anticipated. But, yeah, uh... yeah. If you doubted
0: us for any reason that the game has very adventure game style adventure game puzzles in it, uh, the severed head which you can pick up basically the second that <laughs> but, you leave the starting. Yeah, town, the woman selling the t-shirts. Yeah. Right. Uh, she uses them as reference. Yeah. Um, you then later in the game take into a cave that you and dunk it into bugs.
1: Twice. Twice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) till it becomes a skull. Yeah. And then you can use it as a sacrifice uh, to Satan himself, Mm -hmm. uh, who will then come and allow you to open a big clam to get a pearl that you then give to To the girl with the the pearl pearl earring and get her earring, which is one of the quest specific items.
1: Yep. Not all of the puzzles are like that. I think that is one of the hardest in the game, yeah, if it's, not the hardest. It's the one I was going to call out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got some of that moon logic yeah. um, that we like to call cat hair mustache. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, because I remember, like, the owl. You go into the next room, there's a bunch of animals who are, like, hedonists or something, <laughs> or that's how I interpreted them. Yeah. Um, and... Um, the, you, you talk to the owl and he tells you like you have to make a sacrifice on the altar. And I'm like, oh, the severed head, you know, because the riddle he gave mentioned like the crucifixion hill right. or something. So I was like, OK, the head. And then like I was like, where's the altar at? Like it it wasn't clear to me, like what exactly to do. And I was like, I put the head in the barrel and I'm like, is that the sacrificial altar? <laughs> like it, it is just right there. yeah But for some reason, I just didn't realize that's what it was. Um, So, yeah, it was definitely not, I don't feel like, not clearly, like, signaled.
0: Yeah. I think it, it is probably true that the riddle might give you more context if you were able to actually figure it out. Yeah. But I was kind of hung up on it and couldn't quite get there Mm. um to me the thing that really that really broke the puzzle like the logic in my brain to the point where i just could not get it Mm -hmm. is that you had to put the head into the barrel twice yeah so it's just a skull it seems like you put it in once and get a different item out i was like that's the key Uh, what do i use this for like the half-eaten skull thing maybe that's like special in some way right Uh, and at the time I, that wasn't like the last thing I had to do. Mm. So I was like taking the head into the room with all the lawyers and being like, is this something (laughs) that you want?
1: (laughs) And he was like, no. I was like, okay, see you later. (laughs) Yeah. That's another one that stands out. Uh, just to call back to, um, the different time periods is that room where you take the skunk, Mm -hmm. uh, is like colonial era, like people. So yeah, there is like a weird mixing of time periods. Yeah. It's, um, Anachronistic, yeah, I guess yeah, is the yeah. word. Yeah. Not to totally derail what you were <laughs> saying, but
0: <laughs> well, no, because that actually leads right into what is probably the second hardest puzzle in the game, which is oh, just feeding like... the bugs to the skunk. Yeah, uh, which I guess is fine. Mm-hmm. It it does. It feels like it takes like uh, two things that are really far away and like puts. So you it's harder to put that kind of thing together because of the distance between when you would have seen them. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, the skunk is going to be important because why else is it there?
1: Right. Yeah. And there's also like getting the dead fish is Mm. kind of difficult.
0: I actually didn't. That one I just got.
1: Yeah. Like I, it was one of those things. This is one of the big points I wanted to make um, in terms of like point and click uh, design that this game made me think about is, Having kind of like a hub area, like the way this is set up, you like go through the town mm-hmm. and like all the areas are like, you know, right through the town. So you're going back and forth through the same places a lot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of, I don't know how avoidable it is, <laughs> but I feel like it's kind of, it leads to a lot of the speed bumps that at least I personally hit when playing a point and click is like, I'll come to a thing and I'll do it. You know, I'll interact with all the people like before I can do anything with them. Right. And so I've kind of, like, checked them off a mental checklist, and then, like, when I need to go talk to them, it doesn't immediately spring to mind, like, oh, go back there, because I think, oh, I already talked to them. Yeah. You know, so, like, it'll take me way longer to figure out what to do, because I feel like I've already, uh, you know, inspected that area.
0: Yeah, the dressmakers did that to me.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. It took me a long time to figure out that that's where I was supposed to Yeah, and to the guy go. with
0: the song. Mm-hmm. Well, I straight up, I, will just, I just cheated for the song, because as far as I can tell, I don't know if there's a trick to it, and I just missed it, mm. but they want you to memorize a bunch of words in Italian and, in what oh, order yeah. to say them for
1: the actual performance, and I was like, I'll look this one up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think the idea is you'll look at it and you'll write it down. Mm. No, um.
0: Chavoy isn't about
1: to do that. <laughs> I-, I thought you loved games that made you take notes, Chan. Now, uh, Not in <laughs> Italian. <laughs> no, I mean, I did the same. Mm. I just looked it up um, so I could put them in.
0: Because I did screw it up once, and there wasn't a lot of time. Like, you, it, yeah. like the music plays, and if it gets past a certain bar, then mm-hmm. it'll just yeah. boo you off stage. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Why? <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I had to do it like four or so times. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's tough, but I love that section. Yeah, me too. Like I really liked the like
0: oh, there's three judges. Like it's a really interesting way of doing the like very video gamey like collect three keys thing. Mm-hmm. But like putting it actually in the world where it's like there's three judges and here they're quirks and it's like this person likes music
1: this whatever. This person likes the dresses. The fancy dress. And the other one likes <laughs> rotting fish.
0: The scent of,
1: yeah, dead fish. Uh,
0: so it was good. So, and it yeah. got to contextualize some of the other things that you saw throughout the... Yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, I, I think my favorite puzzle, or the ones that stand out that I thought like felt the smoothest um, to execute were the ones that were past the crucifixion hill where they were like roasting the thief. Right. You had the guy like shooting the, the apple off the other guy's head. Like I thought all the puzzles in that area were, were well, de- well designed yeah. and thought out.
0: You got to get, take the drugs to the, yeah, the to metronome.
1: The- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he plays the music faster so that they roast the guy quicker on the uh
0: is that the rotisserie? The yeah, the, the spit. Roti- the spit. <laughs> I was going
1: to say spit and I wasn't sure, but mm-hmm. uh yeah, and then he, so he throws up the pliers that he swallowed because he stole them. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I think all of that that works well.
0: Um I will say that's the part and we can we can just use this to kind of segue into this part of the game. Um I, my first instinct there was to just cut the guy open and mm. take the pliers. And before you do it, your character gives you this like little speech mm-hmm. and is like, hey, are you sure you want me to
1: kill this person? <laughs> yeah. you, you might want to save. save your game first.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so I did. I saved the game and then I killed him and I was like, I wonder what that was about. <laughs> so I reloaded the game and went away and tried to do other things before I, I, Committed to it. Um, And eventually, like, got back to the thing and, like, knew what, like, realized there was a separate way of doing things. And I was like, that's weird. Um, So, despite the fact that it came right out of the fourth wall and smacked you in the face and said, like, this has consequences. Mm -hmm. uh, Which, honestly, like, I would rather that, like, somebody on Monkey Island directly (laughs) told me that I was about to irrevocably fuck up my game. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I like that, but I think that it was cool that it was able to get across without saying it at the beginning, like, oh, in this game, your choices matter, because they don't. Mm-hmm. One choice matters, and it's do I kill everyone, revealed to me that there were multiple, like, ways through the game, like yeah. endings and stuff.
1: Now, yeah. I had almost the exact same experience just with a different part. Like for me, it was the, the guy in the coffin mm, yeah. with the book. I was like, do I just kill him <laughs> to take the book? Um, and I, I did the exact same thing, right? I, I, I did kill him, but he told me to save it beforehand and I did. Um, then yeah, I reloaded it and did it the right way. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, you can go through the game and there you always have the option of just killing everybody to, like, just circumvent the puzzles mm-hmm. um, and just get straight to the end. Um, but, yeah, there are three endings. Uh, and I was wondering which one that you got. Uh, well, <laughs> I got the first one that I did
0: was the i guess the the u1 sort of ending yeah, that's the one i got yeah where you kill uh holy or heavenly peter heavenly peter and then go through the rest of the town and kill everybody mm-hmm. um and then <laughs> i went by i reloaded that save and got the ending where you don't kill heavenly peter and are just rich mm. uh and it has lots of farts in it <laughs> uh d- <laughs> And I don't want to, like, I'm not going to, like, stick my nose up and be like, oh, look at me. I mm-hmm. I only drink a De Perrier water. <laughs> but, like, that was, like, the one I was
1: like, this isn't really, like,
0: funny to me.
1: It felt <laughs> so, a, a little f- awkward. Yeah. It had a few moments for me like that. I can't remember any specific examples where it felt like it was a little bit too juvenile. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the tone in that it's highlighting ridiculous things and it's being silly, but I don't know some some parts felt like just kind of like ah eh, that wasn't really very funny.
0: Yeah, this is like an extremely dated reference at this stage, mm-hmm. um, and so I apologize because nobody's <laughs> gonna get it. But there used to be a web comic that I read as like a young teen called Toothpaste for Dinner, and they did a side comic that where they took old Renaissance paintings. And then just wrote captions for them. Mm. And that was the gag. It was like they'd do a caption. And a lot of the humor in this reminded me of that. Mm. Um, It it had, like, sort of... Like, to me, I think that the joke, the inherent joke in both of these things is, like, what if we take something that is treated seriously Mm -hmm. and then we poo-poo all over it? Right. And a lot of the times it works but when it doesn't work it does stand out as yeah. being like this is like the this is some poo, this is some poo poo humor yeah it,
1: it makes it when it doesn't land it really does feel like it was written by like a 13 year old <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> and like i don't know like what's the solution there <laughs> like maybe it's us humor is subjective yeah but there are times when it just feels like very
1: just on the line, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about like the religious satire, in mm-hmm. um, like the the really overt like fourth law breaking stuff where like it pans up and they used to have God with all the strings. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering what you thought about it. Like, um, there's a very like very pointed like uh, priest molesting uh, young boys thing in there. Yeah. Um, it's subverted though it is that one is uh I
0: liked the subversion I felt like the but I mean it's like it goes on for so long though
1: <laughs> it does it goes on for a really long time
0: and I also thought like this is kind of on the nose
1: yeah it's yeah like mm-hmm. I don't mind people like calling that out um and bringing attention to it in you know a myriad of different ways but yeah it just kind of didn't feel funny. <laughs> Yeah, I felt like a little gratuitous or a little on the nose. Yeah.
0: Gratuitous is probably the better word because I think like what they, the name of the quote unquote item is like- The supple boy. A supple boy with a pert little butt or something. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that that was like, that was funny, like that phrase, but then to have it like go on and on and on. Mm -hmm. um, I liked the subversion. I thought that that made it funny again. But there's a big period of time when it was just like, uh, this is like, it's going on for a long time, and the joke didn't get better with repetition. Right. <laughs> uh, and then also,
1: I think that they they took the Jesus character a little bit too far as well. I, I thought that Jesus... Part worked for me sure like it's an obvious joke that like he was just like a magician right uh when people just didn't know like how to <laughs> interpret what he was doing correctly but like getting like like he, he tells you he'll teach you to walk on water and then whenever you whenever you get him whatever he asked for he just gives you the boat pass yeah and, like, that's like this how you walk across the water is <laughs> so you just ride the boat right like i thought that was pretty funny um
0: well, no, my thing is And then just... him on
1: the cross is like, he just gets off the cross and puts a skeleton <laughs> in his place. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: see, I, and I liked all that stuff. I just think that it went on for like, they kept coming. I mean, obviously when you have Jesus in your game, you gotta want to spend some time He's, with he him. He is
1: a recurring character.
0: Yeah. He is like involved in the solution to like half of the puzzles in the
1: game. Yeah. Okay. It is a, a bit much maybe, mm-hmm. but most of it was funny. So I, I give that one a pass. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Uh, Although, I thought that was another hard uh, thing to puzzle out, is how to get him out of the cave. Oh, right. Where you had to tell him to push on the rock, and you had to push on the rock at the same time. I mean, that was the first thing I tried. Oh, really? <laughs> I did not... I it. I did not think of that like at all my assumption was
0: going to be that you had to go get some other item yeah i was just like mashing
1: it doesn't make any once again maybe a little bit of moon logic was like how does me pushing on one side and him pushing on the other like move the rock you're thinking about it two dimensionally because of the the painting yeah you gotta be using that i guess (laughs) we were both pushing it to the side
0: could be but anyway yeah i don't know once again, puzzles are different for different people. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that I—I don't know. I like generally the idea of of most of the religious satire in the game. Mm-hmm. I think that basically it was all good, well-meaning jokes that worked well and were funny that then went on for slightly too long. (laughs) It was basically where I landed on, on, on most of it.
1: Yeah. I almost kind of think of this as like the exact opposite side of the coin, uh, as like something like blasphemous. Um, because I really liked in that game that it, it kind of like lampshaded or like brought to attention the kind of like horrible things that have been (laughs) done. Um, in the name of religion, you know, like the crusades and things like right. that kind of like bloody, gross, kind of like, almost like blood sacrifice kind of feeling stuff, um, in the name of like, you know, uh, in the name of religion. And it just, it, it feels like blasphemous leveraged that to be like gross and creepy and unsettling. And this leverages it to be funny. Yeah. So, they, I feel like they're kind of like highlighting similar things about, um, like religious works and different things from that time period. Yeah.
0: It, it's fun to see sort of like such a, a well done exit because, like, Blasphemous's art style is based on, on, uh, Francesco Goya. Yeah. And so you have even like similarly sourced, uh, imagery used in the classic like phrase like horror and comedy are are closely related yeah where it just feels like they may be closely related but you were pushing on very opposite ends yeah. of it here it's like, the, of yeah. <laughs> it's like
1: you're pushing on two different sides of a rock yeah it's like you're pushing on two different sides of a rock as like just to we free always the say the jesus trapped inside yeah <laughs>
0: uh because yeah blasphemous does it it, to evoke horror and succeeds Mm -hmm. um though it's not as explicit like that's blasphemous is like is a it's in a fictional world and everything is like kind of uh more fantasy drawn Mm -hmm. whereas this game is explicitly set in the real world because it it is Based on paintings of the real world, Mm -hmm. uh, and brings these things up to to do humor, but it isn't like this game doesn't go like the crusade. Like it doesn't say that the crusades were bad by depicting sort of like the aftermath of the crusades, which is what it sort of like is set as. Mm -hmm. It just slaps you across the face with it, and it's like, look at this right, fucking right ridiculous shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You literally can just punch everyone that you meet in the face. Yeah, in this game, which is sort of like how it expresses its views. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think it's a good comparison. I think it's a uh, it's a good thing to think about.
1: Yeah, yeah. They both definitely tap into that there is an uncanniness to some of some Renaissance art where you look at it and it feels a little bit weird
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or or like the things that they're commissioned to paint. You know, like the church commissioned a lot of paintings and like some of the subject matter just feels like weird, (laughs) Um, like very brutal. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, they definitely, I think both leverage that in, yeah, two completely different and effective ways. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. What is the third ending of this game? Uh, Oh, it's where you kill
0: everybody. Oh, yeah. And then you get taken away by some people. Mm -hmm. Like Immortal John, I assume. Yeah, at the end of the game, you get, like, arrested. Mm. Uh, That is the one ending I did not get. Yeah. Because it was not
1: easy to just reload. Yeah. (laughs) I just did the one. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know what the details are
0: yeah i like that when you there is according to this game this is the game giving its little moralistic lesson at the end i suppose when you do kill everybody it says you won sort of drawing some skepticism as to whether you murdering a lot of people is really winning uh-huh and then when you die or when you uh when you get arrested when you by kill when you kill people i'm pretty sure that it just says like you didn't win or something, Mm -hmm. which is also what it says when you take the bribe Uh. and just sit around with a bunch of money. So there's no real winning with violence is is what we're trying to get across. I guess. (laughs) Um, (laughs) hold on real quick. I'm, uh, don't, don't look at me. I'm just Googling
1: art words. <laughs> I know We've already used Fresco Thoughts before. Did we use it on Blasphemous? I don't remember. I just know we did that.
0: <laughs> we did, definitely did Fresco Thoughts. Yes. All right. Is it... How about... <laughs> no, why are there only, like, five? <laughs> I like just using... <laughs> did we... Do we have fascinating thoughts? <laughs> That's putting way too much pressure on us. I don't know any art words.
1: Do we have Renaissance thoughts? My Renaissance thoughts are this game I think is really interesting because it it is just a like pretty standard point and click. Um, but it, it the art style and like what it's um, like the tone and like you know and then all of its like presentation and it's kind of creative goals really elevate it and they really are what make it work um, I think it says a lot about the quality of them that like it didn't have to be super mechanically interesting to feel like it's definitely like worthwhile mm. um, so I feel like to anybody that's a fan of point and clicks. This is definitely like something that you should check out. Uh, It's very short. Um, and it's short and sweet, you know, like it's, um, it, it feels like just the right length and yeah, it really makes you appreciate just how like difficult it would be to put something like this together. Especially like when you come across that art gallery and you see the paintings, it's like, it'd be really hard to stitch all this stuff together and make it feel like a complete world. Um, and not like it's a bunch of different unrelated things stitched together. <laughs> so I think they did like a great job with that. Um feel like they really r- realized the concept uh quite well. Um sometimes the humor didn't land, but I thought mostly it was pretty funny um and interesting and I'd like to, I like to see weird indie stuff like this. Um so I would say I was thoroughly pleased with this.
0: Mhm.
1: Yeah, I- I'm a big fan and I think
0: that the <laughs> The, the thing about jokes not landing is true, it, sometimes they don't, but when your game is like 99% jokes, some of them cannot land and your game can still be very funny. So, uh, even even considering all, any criticisms, criticisms that we may have had, particularly in regards to it being just sort of a very standard adventure game, uh, this is still one of the more impressive games I think I've played in a while. Uh, and it just comes from imagining how difficult, like you said, building this world out would be. Um, it gives like a very aesthetic... Uh, ch- the choices in the aesthetics are... They have to be, like, are just by the the very rules of the way that this game was made... Well, thought out because everything has to sort of work with everything else, and if it doesn't, you have to be able to give an explanation, and that explanation has to also be funny in some way. So, I felt like there was a lot of sort of jumping around, and like you could tell when there were things that seemed strange, that's when he pulls away and does the god character mm. making jokes about programming in unity and it's really interesting to see all this and, and sort of like the the work that went into it gets kind of like joked about in the game uh i was gonna mention actually uh on the psychonauts episode is that both of these games have a really obtuse like patriot uh kickstarter backer like room in mm-hmm. them uh and this one is particularly hysterical because not only is it only like eight people, but they just, even when you're trying to look at them and read, there's a guy yelling over it and making it hard to read with his voice bubble
1: about how he's so sorry that we had to put these in. Yeah, he, he, you have to insist probably like eight times that you want to go in the room before he'll let you go in. He's like, no, no, you don't want to see this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I found that
0: really amusing and uh, like just there's a lot of stuff in this game that is like very deliberate, very, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to say it exactly. It just seems like it was a very hard game to write and to make. Uh, and I think that's really cool. And I'm glad that, that it was that I more people have heard of this than his previous work. And I'm I'm glad that it's getting at least a little bit of exposure. Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Toem, a game I know nothing
1: about. Uh, from what I've seen, it's a black and white, kind of like top downish, isometric-ish uh, little adventure game where you go around and you take pictures of stuff. Um, it seems like kind of an evolution on like the whole Pokemon Snap-style idea photography simulator uh but it's trying to give it a little bit more of like an adventure game uh foundation
0: yeah makes sense and we're trying to make sure that we get all photography games under (laughs) our belt we've
1: decided we have to go all in and do them all
0: (laughs) uh so hopefully you'll come back for that one until that time you can get a hold of us all of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. There you can find links to our Twitter, our email address, uh, the Discord, where you can talk about the games, uh, and you can find a link to our YouTube channel. And on both places, you can watch or listen to all of our old episodes, including ones
1: on uh, uh, Grim Fandango. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Detention, The Cat Lady...
0: yeah, a lot of adventure games, actually. Not a lot of things that Harvester. look anything like this, though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blasphemous, if you want another Renaissance painting-inspired uh, game.
0: Yeah, Blasphemous should have been the first. This should be a double feature with Blasphemous. <laughs> if this game had come out several years ago, mm-hmm. we could have done it as, as our, our single single double. As we call it. I'm I'm making these up. Uh fucking paint that like button.
1: Stab that subscribe button. Uh look at his pinky. In the comments In section. The co- <laughs> uh my Renaissance thoughts the tharts. My thoughts. Tharts.
0: I realized that you were pausing. To, yeah, to like give a break yeah. that I could edit. But it just looked like you were like so disappointed <laughs> for saying farts. <laughs> <Yeah>, my farts. <laughs>